Hi, welcome in to another episode of Hey Fighting Podcast brought to you by Marathon Petroleum. Get the most out of your drive. Nailed it, dude. Jacob Hester, Matt Flynn. Now, Matt Flynn has always been known as a front runner, but we cannot call him a front runner this week because he is back with us after a very disappointing loss by LSU, 55 to 49 to Ole Miss. And so I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to see you're not a front runner. And unfortunately, we got to talk about a game in mm-hmm. which did not go the Tigers' way. Yeah, I uh, actually feel like it's easier to do these things after a loss because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, after a win, sometimes it's just like boring. Like, we did this good. We did that good. Hopefully, we do it good again next week. Well, I, like, I would love to have a boring episode next week. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would love to not show up because it's a boring episode. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, yeah, it was um, – Anytime you lose to Ole Miss or anybody, especially in the SEC West, very disappointing. It's just it's it's even more disappointing just because it's so this team, the way it's kind of shaped up and who we are right now as a team, um, as a whole, is just so uncharacteristic of of LSU football in general. Of right. Just what we've come to know and love and expect from the LSU football team for the yeah. last what twenty five years, twenty years, um, which is which is really solid, solid defense every single year. It doesn't matter what jerseys out there, what numbers are out there. It's just always backfilled with so many good players and so many good schemes. Now, we had years where it wasn't as good, and right. you know, we can look back at 2020 and uh, wasn't, wasn't, didn't, wasn't up to snuff for, for our standards. But right. this year has kind of been proven to kind of be um, – Almost equal to that. So yeah, you have an identity and a DNA on that side of the football yeah. here. Uh, certainly, when you and I were playing, and you mentioned it. I mean, even years maybe when your record, and we were talking with Harrison before we started. Even when your record maybe wasn't ten wins, eleven wins, twelve wins, whatever it was, it's like okay, you got a pro on that level, pro on that level, pro on that level. Mm-hmm. And it's like it was still like this, you know, tenacious, mean nasty, tough defense well, that you like, could always. And now sometimes the offense lag behind. Yeah, it's a. It's a what we know in the LSU football that that we were part of and was after us before us and has been forever since we've been of age, I mm-hmm. guess, has been just a culture of nasty, tough ass players yeah. on defense. And maybe not always the best athlete. You look at our year in 07, we had great players, but you can look at other defenses in LSU history that yeah. may be probably more talented. And you can say the same thing about our offense as well. Um, but just guys that were gritty, that were tough, that were hard, they were um, motivated to win. I mean, and I'm not saying that anybody on this this year's team is not that, but yeah. we're just talking about the culture of LSU and the defense. And, uh, you know, it's you're not seeing the results this year, and it's probably for a lot of different reasons. I mean, you and I, just from an XO standpoint, we can look at a lot of scheme. But I think you just you just pointed out the the main stat that sticks out is is uh, missed tackles. Yeah, and that sometimes that comes down to of course physical ability, but it comes yeah. down to a lot of will and want to. I think I think BK said thirty four missed tackles for well over two hundred yards, and that's a like if you're saying I believe he can make that tackle, like actually like charted missed tackles was seventeen, and that's still a really high number. That means like you had your arms around the defense, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, offensive player as a defender, and you missed that tackle. So like 17, 34, whatever the number is, it's way too many, and it's alarming. And so like that's when you come into okay, like effort means a lot of things. 
Like effort isn't just, hey, man, that guy, you feel like he's loafing or, hey, you know, that guy's not doing A, B or C. Like that's not just what effort is. Effort can be a mentality as well, in my opinion. It can be a mental effort, okay? When you have a responsibility and you're in the hole, say you're playing linebacker, well, instead of, you know, efforting your mind to know what you're supposed to do by moving your feet, getting in front of a running back and making the tackle, well, maybe you sit there and your feet are still and you try to dive at someone's ankles. Like, that is effort to me as well. It's not that you're trying to go out there and not give maximum effort. It's mentally you did not put yourself in position to make the play. And I think that can go a numerous amount of ways. And so, like, when you see a missed tackle, it's like, okay, well, where was your effort mentally to put yourself in the best position to make the tackle? Yeah, and you know, you look at it, you look at a lot of great players, a lot of great defenders, and – Tackling is not always pretty. It's not always right. form tackle. Yeah. It's just a lot of times it's just the grit and the will to get somebody on the yeah. ground whatever way necessary. Very rarely does it ever work out. The little donuts that these teams use where they yeah, roll exactly. it out there and you tackle the donut. Yeah, Very exactly. rarely does that actually play out on it's the field. It's like get the guy to the ground. I mean, you can you can look at examples all over the NFL. And let's let's look at the cornerback position. Yeah. Cornerbacks are always known to like not be aggressive. They don't want to tackle. They're kind of the softies on the outside. Yeah. That's not always the case, especially at the the high college football level and the NFL level. You got guys. You look at metrics of guys: their their height, their weight, their strength, their body, whatever it is, their speed. Some guys are just better at tackling because it's a mindset. They yeah. just have the will to get somebody on the ground. And like I used to, and I don't want to give this example because he's one of the greatest defenders ever to play the game. But like I was on, I was teammates with Charles Woodson for five years. Um, uh, he didn't suck. He didn't suck. So I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to make any comparison. I just want to say, like, he was one of the greatest tacklers I ever seen, and yeah, it was, was hardly ever pretty. Right. Like he would hammer fist people, kick, scratch, claw, yeah. do what. Like he would rip at their forearms, rip at their ankles, yeah. their cat, like whatever it was, to hurt that. Well, not hurt the man, but like <laughs> to get him on the ground in a try in a violent way. Because yeah. when you're that size and tackling a big ass dude, sometimes yeah. you got to be violent. Yeah, and it's just it's a mindset. Did, did you ever play against Bob Sanders? You remember I him did, from, from the yet. Colts? I okay, I, you you spent a lot of your time in the NFC. Well, I played a lot against Bob Sanders. He was that same way, mm-hmm. right? And actually, he only played so many years because he played that way. Like uh-huh. his body couldn't keep up with him. It was the same way. Like it, sometimes, like it was unorthodox, but it was like he was going to get you on yeah. the ground, and it, it was going to be like you said, violent. Yeah, you ever see like those uh, those guys were kind of like because uh, they're smaller guys and they're tackling yeah. you know big big brutes. Uh, I'm sure like Charles Woodson and, and Bob Sanders had a t- tackle like Mike Allstott and th- yeah. those type oh, of yeah. guys, right? Uh, you ever like those uh, safari videos of like a cheetah like tackling some animal that's huge? <laughs> they just have to like grab a hold of whatever yeah. they can and rip and claw yeah. and get it down on the ground. And, um, I mean, we kind of strayed away from like the LSU defense. We're, again, we're not comparing them to like some of the greatest players right. ever played. But, yeah. you know, it just the, the tackling thing down, of course, there's a lot of skill. There's a lot of strength and speed involved in it but a lot of times it's a mentality um and then we you know kind of pivoting from from that schematically um as a defense you don't want to keep watching game after game and as a defensive coordinator defensive coach um you don't want to keep doing the exact same thing to and expect different outcomes right maybe at the first couple of games of the season but yeah. man we're we're in October now, um, where you've got a couple SEC games under our belt. I mean, you can't lose another one if you want any mathematical hope at, right. at making some sort of run. And 
or at least having the type yeah, of season that you want to have. Yeah, you were in somewhat of a similar spot a year ago. You lose to Florida State. Well, then you lose an SEC game to Tennessee, mm-hmm. and you had no room for error if you wanted to go to Atlanta yep. in that one as far as what was in front of you. Now you dropped a game against A&M after you clinched, but – like you had your back against the wall there. Now this mm-hmm. team's different and different things are going on with this team, but like you've been in this spot before, but like you said, like now it's like you got to have perfection. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you got to have perfection. You got you got no room for error. And even let's just, you know, mathematically maybe not out of, you know, the playoff situation, but in reality, you're fighting for feeling Not really, everybody's really, built for two lost national championships, no, okay? Everyone doesn't have that grit to them. <laughs> <laughs> but you're really this season. You're you're really fighting to to come out of the season feeling really good about right. what you did, what you put on the table, how we grew yeah. as a as a as a school, as a as a team, and that's what you're fighting for. Now, realistically, now of course, yeah. you know we'll see how it all plays out. But what I'd like to see on the defense is, you know, we I think we looked at the stats yesterday um, when we did our radio show. I think. 35% quarters coverage, I think 27% cover three. Yeah. You know, what, what, what that's doing, those two coverages are cover three, a lot better than quarters. I, I'm a, a big hater of quarters coverage. But what we're doing, what we're seeing, we're seeing too many easy completions. Yeah. Um, so what you we have to start doing, what I'd like to see is a hitch route's a lot easier to complete than a go route. You might not think you have the athletes or whatever to hold up for a long period of time down the field. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. If you're missing that many tackles – and given the music completions, you have to do something different. So what yeah, I want, I want them point. not to keep doing the exact same thing to expect different results. Right. I don't care if you got to come pressure and come and play zero, cover zero, 15% of the time on third downs or 30% of the time on third yep. downs. Put something in, put a wrinkle in, put your defensive backs in a different position that you have been putting them um, in the last, the first, first part of the season. Do something different. I, of course – it's hard. You can't just schematically change everything that you do in one week. Not in college I, football, I, I yeah. I get it. I know that. But you can do some form of – it's coverages that you're already running. You're just not running them at a high clip rate. Yeah. You're not doing it at a high percentage. You know you're cover ones. But you got to, of course, keep the keep the opposing quarterback guessing. But you, when you watch – and what's frustrating for LSU fans, what's frustrating for us former players is seeing just easy completions. Um, make it challenging. Make them work for it. Make them beat you. Don't beat you know. Don't let them just get the ball and don't let the quarterback spread it around to every every guy with easy completions on on the offense. I don't want to see eight or nine guys having completions for for Missouri this week. So yeah, and when you look at Mizzou, and we'll do a deep dive into Mizzou here in a little bit, but just some final thoughts here on Ole Miss and the game. And obviously, we've talked a lot about defense and we've talked a lot about the stats. I mean, we have them here in front of us. You gave up 706 yards. Ole Miss was 9 of 16 on third down, 2 of 3 on fourth down. So, 11 of 19 Mm -hmm. on the money downs. And that's going to always be difficult for your defense if you can't get them off the field. Uh, You had no sacks. You had no sacks either. So, you had that many pass attempts, 40 pass attempts with no sacks. And that is going to leave your defense defensive backs in a tough spot. That's hard to do. I mean, it's hard to do. And, you know, it's easy to point the finger. That stat's easy to point the finger at the the defensive line, defensive end, the rushers. But, I mean, it has to do with the DBs and the coverages you're calling, too. Easy completions, putting guys getting it out within within two seconds. Now, so the DBs have to help the defensive linemen by covering them up quickly, and that comes from the play call. Um, But then – they, we've seen it. We didn't see it quite as much this past, but it, you know, certainly against Florida State, against Arkansas, the quarterback being able to extend plays and just 
DB, you can't hold up. I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's Bob Sanders and Charles Woodson. Yeah, They're right. just not going to hold up for five or six seconds. Yeah. It's impossible. Um, offense knows where they're going. Defense does not know where they're going, right? So that's, that's an advantage always. So uh, I, it, that's why football is the greatest team sport, right? It's a, it's a good stat to look at and be like, man, we got to get where's, – where's Harold Perkins? Where's Mason Smith? They got to get a rush to the quarterback. But when Ole Miss is sitting there taking a three-step drop, taking a, taking a five-step drop with no hitch and making completions, I mean, no one's going to get there in that. You have yeah. to make the quarterback go through his progressions. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of Ole Miss pushing the ball down the field. I mean, these no. completions mm-hmm. were intermediate stuff. I mean, it's for Ole Miss, it's coaching tape. Yeah. I mean, this is the way this – this is, this is the concept. This is what we do. This is how you throw on time. Yeah. I mean, that's a right. coaching tape for, yeah. for many years to come. But we hadn't talked about the offense because there's nothing to talk. They were awesome. Jaden, like, you crushed it. It's like when you go into, you know? like, a, a meeting and everything's going well and they call your name, you're like, no, no, it's well, – because there's not a lot. Yeah. I mean, when you look at what the offense did, they had 34 first downs in this game. <laughs> 34 first downs in this game. They were good on third down. They had 637 total yards, 414 through the air, 223 on the ground. You did have the one turnover where Jaden spins out of a tackle, gets hit, the ball gets loose. Uh, you took three sacks, but offensive line I thought played incredibly well. But, you know, just it wasn't enough. And that's one of the things that's disappointing is this offensive performance, what – what it was, if you win this game, was one of the historic performances in LSU football history that we're talking about for years. But when you lose a game, it gets lost. It's not and just it, and it doesn't get appreciated. It's not just disappointing. It's frustrating, right? Yeah. Because how many years were LSU fans banging their head against the wall because <laughs> our defense was so good? And we Which I have never to subscribe to. Toss dive. Best play in football. Sorry. No, it's awful. <laughs> it's terrible play. <laughs> That's not the real name of a podcast, is it? Uh, what? Oh, that needs to be a podcast name, Toss Dive. I thought that you were saying it was a podcast you created, Toss Dive. It needs to be That'd one. That'd be zero, zero yeah. subscribers. I mean, we kind of called it, we called it Horn Boss, but it turned way more into a dive than a boss play. And when they were like point, doing like the point behind their back and stuff. Oh, my That was God. the worst. Let's not relive that. Yeah. Let's just. Hey, would you rather lose like we lost this past week or lose nine to six? Oh, I'm an offensive player like we did this week. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's still kind of fun, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to lose. We lost, and lo- losing sucks. It does. But it's kind of fun to have and, a really good offense. And it and it does, like, the last thing I ever want to do on this podcast or any podcast is for Flynn and I to come on here and be like, back in my day, like, I, I promise you I hate that, but, like, there was a standard of LSU, like, you and I never lost Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. We never lost Alabama. We lost one to Arkansas. We never lost Mississippi State, right? Uh, I think we split against mm-hmm. Auburn. So, like, there's, like, been this standard that's been built of, like, going out there and winning these games. And that's not to try to throw shade at any of the other teams in the West, but, like, that is something that was a standard that was built up. And it's a hard standard to keep, but I think LSU has the players and, and the coaches and all the things that you have to have to be that program. So that's why the standard is always going to be the standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's certainly – when you and I talk, or anybody from our era, or you know, even ten years after our era, it's it is always going to be a little bit like back in my day because yeah. it's just a, like the culture. We didn't create the culture at yeah. LSU. The team in '03 and before, like the '01, '02, '03 team, they started the culture. Right. I remember I being scared of like the older guys, and I hope that the younger guys, when we were seniors, were 
maybe scared is not the word, but like respected us enough to keep their mouth shut and like learn the culture and everything. But yeah, it's different. I, I, it's thought, a different I thought at age. one time um, after I had like one successful play in camp and I, it showed up the defense a little bit, I thought that Kyle Williams was going to hunt me. Yeah, sure. Like hunt me down after mm-hmm. practice kind of situation. He? Uh, he got me the next play. <laughs> got you. Got <laughs> you know you what I mean? Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. And it, and and that was and we go back to that culture because that's what we still feel right? right. But it's but that's why we kind of sound like the old farts. And anybody within probably ten years of when we played does because because of the transfer porter because of like all the different developments of college football. It's just a little bit different. You're gonna have some guys that are built born into the culture but there's guys playing for all sorts you know all all sorts of different reasons and it's not the same everyone when we were there is kind of playing for one reason which is fine like when when i was in the nfl a coach gave us figure out your why i don't care if it's for competitiveness for your team for your family for money for this or that it doesn't matter what you play for just play together right right and that's what you want to see And and that's kind of what it is like when we were playing we all played for basically the same reason, just because of like the love of football, yeah. the hope that we could go to the pros one day. But it was like just a, more of a brotherhood thing, and, and you hope that it is still now. But you know, we do we do sound like old farts when we talk about the the culture thing because it is it is different. We cannot relate to what they feel in the locker room yeah. with all right. of the different yeah. transfer and the kind of pay for play and all that stuff. So, um, before we move on real quick to Mizzou, uh, stay hydrated, drink my Yeah. I've got to do the selling cause you forget sometimes. I do. Yeah. Go, uh, go to our website, drink my Stay right. hydrated. I just gave the website. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't listen to you. I know. Uh, I don't care who did. Just drink it. Exactly. Uh, moving on to Mizzou real quick. When you look at Mizzou, are they in the great. SEC? You better stop saying that because uh, <laughs> last time you played him with Como, it was a loss, and it was kind of a how, how similar game to Ole Miss and LSU from a week ago. How long have they been uh, in the SEC? 2012. That's not yeah. – Is that real? Yeah, it's real. They've been to the SEC championship game in Atlanta twice. Didn't they make it like the first year? First two years. First two years? First two years. The East was down. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. So, I've been the guy that has refused to believe that Missouri's in the SEC for for a while now. Um, I still kind of do. Fellas, she was undefeated. I would still, like, to this point, I would still deny it. That would be your probably main subject today would be that. But I guess I sit here in this seat probably just as nervous as this game as I was last week for Ole Miss. Yeah, their quarterback, Brady Cook, just set the record for most passes without an interception in SEC history. Yep. And it, he's averaging 10 yards an attempt during that, so it's not check down Charlie. I mean, he's a very efficient quarterback. He is the real deal Holyfield. And Burden, their receiver, might be the best sophomore in the country of, regardless of position. He is a game-changing receiver. Uh, What's Trader at running back. The receiver? Burden. No, I was I was curious. You're gonna go watch tape? I'd like to. Okay, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you gotta slow him down. They've put him in slot this year. They've tried to create that mismatch. It's something Flynn and I talk about a lot. Like you're now seeing your best receiver move to the slot because what does it do typically? It gets you on their third best cover guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is he is feasting there. They moved him from a year ago. He's like a top ten overall recruit, big recruit, so mm-hmm. big get for Mizzou. Well, last year as a freshman, probably too high of expectations. Like he's supposed to be at the prom and he's out there trying to play in the sec well they made a move put him in the slot and he has really thrived and he is dangerous yeah that move like 
when did that start? It started happening in the late 2000s, really. You put in like yeah. your number one guy in the slot, and then it's just kind of elevated since then. Everybody's doing it. Not only does it usually, like in man-to-man, get you on the third best guy, who's usually the nickel. Yeah. Um, it gets you in the triangle, in the read progressions of nearly every play. Yeah. Like usually on when you're X and Z, so you're the outside receivers, most of the time you're like either – you're probably number one in the read. Yeah. Um, maybe – Maybe like a backside option versus certain coverage, but when you're in the slot or inside, you can be the first read, you can be the second read, third. I mean, you you can be. So when when pass covers, you're always in pass concepts. You're always trying to create different triangles. So you, you think of a triangle; it's got three points. You're, you want three different options that yeah. have good separation to to spread out and to spread out the defense and create separation, create windows, create gaps, and um, the slot receiver is always there. So there's just so many more opportunities to get that guy the ball. And just hearing you run off these stats, I knew Missouri was good. I didn't realize that the quarterback was averaging 10 yards a attempt. Um, LSU, I plead you not to do run quarters that much this week and just change something up uh, like we talked about. Yeah, and so – Kind of already gone, gone down that road too much. Cook on, on the year has got right at 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns, and, of course, no interceptions because, like I said, going back to last year, he has the record for attempts without an interception in SEC history. And then I'm, we've mentioned Luther Burden. His stats, 43 catches, 644 yards, 15 yards per catch. He's averaging 129 yards per game. And so he is the point of emphasis. He is the guy that you have to stop. Now, the thing is, they do have Schrader at running back who already – Already has 463 yards on the ground, averaging six yards a carry. This is a real offense. This is an offense that's got Kirby Moore as their offensive coordinator. Eli Drinkwitz no longer calls plays. He gave that up this year. Kirby Moore, brother of Kellen Moore, the yep. Chargers offensive coordinator, former <laughs> Boise State legend there. So this is an offense that is really changed its identity from a year ago. Last year, they stalled out. Eli goes and makes the move. Blake Baker, somebody that LSU fans will know, he's a defensive coordinator. They're, look, they're in the top 35 in total defense, better against the run than they are the pass. So that's a good thing for LSU with mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels. But look, you're going to Como. You're facing a ranked football team. You are facing a team that believes they can beat you. They might still have the best win in the SEC beating Kansas State. right? They've gone out there two weeks after that win and taken care of business against Memphis and Vanderbilt. That's not the who's who of opponents, but what it tells you is they can handle success mm-hmm. as well. It's going to be a, a difficult game. This is going to be one where you've got to go out there. Don't, don't allow what Mizzou's been in the past or maybe even what you've been in the past to kind of dictate your thought process and what this can be. Yeah, I wouldn't as – a, as a fan, uh, as an LSU fan, I wouldn't get carried away in the helmet matchup on this one. No. Just uh, don't compare helmets. LSU helmet should beat the Missouri helmet right. every time. Um, I'd get excited for this game, though. I'd, I'd get your popcorn ready. I, yeah. th- I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, it On paper and just, like, analyzing the game, it looks like it's going to be really similar. Like, a, it, it should be a high-scoring game. Any guess what kinda, the over-under is in this one? You want to guess? Uh, yeah, I'll take a guess. It's 67 and a half. 65 and a half, so pretty yeah. close. Yeah. I just kind of guess really high, but, yeah. Yeah, that's um, – so this is. I don't like how easily you knew that answer, but okay. I even threw the half in there. You buddy. did. You yeah. gave me a hook. Uh huh. Um, so 
Vegas also thinks this is going to be a high-scoring game. And I it should be on be paper, one. right? And, yeah, and it completely should be. There's there's no way to say – I don't care if they're a top 35 defense or they're a top three defense. LSU is going to score its points. Yeah. Unless Jaden goes out there and somehow – I mean, he just hadn't – he hadn't shown us that he's going to go out and play a bad game. Like, no. Thank God so far in the season for Jaden Daniels, yeah. right? I mean, if he's just – the way this team is built right now, he has been – a crucial reason why we've yeah. been in some of these games, right? So I'm just hoping that we get like this Rocky Balboa moment where like we land a punch yeah. and cut him. Yeah. And then like and then the montage music starts and yeah. everyone's like, okay, that's the logo that's on my helmet. Right. That's LSU right here. Yeah. That's my name on the back of this jersey. Yeah. And then they start feeding off that. We hadn't seen it yet. On offense we have, but as a team we have not. So I'm hoping that happens. Um you know, it pains us to say, man, that we think this is going to be a tight game when it, we're going to Missouri. Um, it shouldn't be. But, you know, that's where we're at right now as yeah. a fan. I'm excited. It's a little to bit watch of where the they're at, and it's certainly yeah. where you're at right now. Certainly. Yeah, but this is also an opportunity to go on the road in the SEC and beat a ranked opponent, an opponent that's ranked higher than you are right now. It's like you have that opportunity. You can go out there. You know what you can get? You can get a quality win. And you can create momentum for yourself. And, look, you know what's coming up on the schedule. You're going to have to face the Auburn Tigers. Auburn right now, don't look at the record. We know what that matchup always is. And we could go down the list of games you have coming up. You get to come back home next week. But what momentum would this create? You go on the road in a game in which everybody's like, why are you the favorite? Mm. Shouldn't Missouri be the favorite? They're at home. They're ranked higher than you. Okay, well, go prove why you're the favorite in this game. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. Cut them. Cut them. This is the Rocky montage moment. like show blood. Show blood, feed off it, start the montage music. And then at the end of it, tell them you didn't hear no bell. Yeah. Uh, or like give the speech from Rocky Balboa. I think that was the sixth installment in Rocky. Not the best of the Rockies, but a great moment. Oh, Rocky Balboa. Okay. Like the Got actual, it. like the movie. I, yeah. I believe it was Rocky Balboa. It might just been Balboa. I look, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Right? They could keep making them. Just keep churning them out. Rockies, Rambos, just whatever Sly wants to do. Yeah, but specifically Rocky. Oh, not a Rambo fan. I mean, yeah, it's it's good, but it's... it's just, I mean, First Blood, doesn't mean anything to you? I mean, there's not a statue of Rambo anywhere. It's a fair point. Mm -hmm. I've got no counterpoint to that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Marathon. Go to Como. Take care of business, right? And... Um, great opportunity i really think it is i think it's a great opportunity for lsu what time's this game we know uh it is an early kick oh man no early kick on the road i actually think plays into your hands because you're not sitting around waiting all day in a hotel room i used to hate having to do that and also the fans don't have an opportunity to get hydrated now if you want to get hydrated with my hydrate yeah. my high.com but we're talking about another kind of hydrated mm. yeah i guess so i still like the night games i don't care if it was in a way what sucked was Monday night football in the NFL because there's nothing on TV. At least on Sunday night or Saturday night, you have, like, games to watch. Yeah. Monday, it's, like, soap operas. Yeah, it was terrible. Like, daytime TV. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, we played a Monday so night boring. game in Jacksonville one year, and, like, you're not going to go around the town on a Monday in Jacksonville. Uh -uh. What's there to do? Nah, nothing. sucks. So, mm -hmm. I feel you. But yeah, I saw you. You, you probably haven't played Monday night one time because y'all weren't very – not many people watched the Chargers. 
No, a lot of people watch them just for the other team. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, silent count in your own stadium multiple times, uh-huh. just like they were last week mm-hmm. against the Raiders. Anyway, go Tigers. Uh, yes, always go Tigers. Before we get out of here, uh, some very unfortunate news. And if you're listening to this podcast, it's here on Thursday afternoon. You've already heard the news, but just in case you haven't, uh, the Greg Brooks update, right? The Brooks family, LSU Athletics, and Our Lady of the Lake Health announced yesterday that Greg Brooks Jr. has been diagnosed with a rare form of brain cancer. And it's just terrible news. Now, Greg Brooks is a fighter. He is somebody that is not going to give up. I mean, he is somebody that is going to attack this just like he attacks everything in life. But he needs our support. He needs our help, and you can support the Greg Brooks Jr. Victory Fund as he continues to battle. That is lsul.su backslash Greg Brooks, and you can find that. It is the pinned tweet there on LSU Football's main Twitter account, at LSU Football. Again, Greg Brooks is somebody that I've always known, you've always known to be a fighter. This is going to be the biggest fight of his life, but we know he is going to, again, every single day do everything he can. Now it's our turn to do what we can. Yeah, he's uh, he's in a fight. Um, and as a, you know, I don't care if we played 15 years ago, we played 100 yeah. years ago. Man, part of uh, part of our family. I, I've I've never personally known him, but he's part of my family, right? Um, because you know, whether you're a player, a coach, a fan, um, somebody invested in the program, um, man, our heart goes out. Uh, we, we pray for recovery. We pray for a, a, a fight. Um, but our thoughts positive. Man, so any people listening, go to the website, go to the fund, and whether it doesn't matter, send positive vibes, positive thoughts, yep. prayers, money, donations, whatever it is. Um, just think about Greg and his family today at some point. Yep. Whatever that is, whatever, like Matt said, whatever it is, just send that energy that way because it certainly mm. – will help them as they just have this terrible news. But again, we are with you. We will be with, uh, with you the entire time. So we're thinking about Greg Brooks, not only today, not only tomorrow, not only this weekend, but as he goes through this long battle. Yeah. All right, that is going to do it for us. We will see you next time, same time, same place. Well, I'll say same time, same place. We don't really know if Flynn will be here. He's a front runner. But we will see you here on Hey Fighting Podcast, brought to you by Marathon Petroleum. Get the most out of your drive. Like nights of old, we fight to hold the glory of the purple and gold. Come on, you tigers. I said fight, fight, fight. Victory for, victory for, victory for LSU. We are number Victory.